0: It's your last chance to get tickets to Australia's first conference for the retail media community. Remade, retail media unmade, is this Thursday in Sydney. With all the key local players and a fantastic international keynote, tickets are just $295. Head to remade.net.au. That's remade.net.au. Start the week with Unmade, setting the agenda for the week in
1: media and marketing. Today, finally some local data on podcast advertising. Wrapping up results season. And the Logies mystery. Unmade. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe, from a slightly more echoey
0: place than usual, so I hope that your excellent editing technology is capable of magically making that echo go away.
1: (laughs) We'll see what magic we uh, we can make happen. How was your weekend?
0: Yeah, very good, thank you very much. Although, no, I'm lying. Actually, I spent the whole weekend preparing for Remade, which is the event you just heard me talking about at the start of the podcast, so... I, I didn't stray very far from my laptop, I'm afraid to say, but um, but you know, I was I was thinking about events, so as you know, remade as this this retail media thing, and it really comes down not to put the pressure on myself, but you know, un un unmade as a publication or as a masthead is, um, or about eighteen months old now, and the five or six hours between one pm and six thirty on Thursday will be the most important five hours of our organi- organization's existence so far just because you have to get everything right when you do a live event so um so yeah
1: no pressure but i'm feeling
0: it a little bit
1: i'm sure it'll be a great event and it sounds like you've got some great speakers uh lined up so it should be really really interesting for the industry
0: yeah look we are we are super happy with the the speaker line up with um you know with the the amount of support we're expecting more than 200 people on the day so so yeah no look i think it um i, I think it will be a, a good event but what about you how was your weekend
1: it was actually probably a lot more interesting than yours we went to derby with the family which has got which is basically mountain bike mecca it's got some amazing world renowned trails and took the kids riding and oh there is some amazing tracks so uh, if you haven't been to Derby and you're into mountain bike riding, even if you're not so much and just appreciate beautiful scenery, I do thoroughly recommend it.
0: You are a weekly advertisement for tourism in Tasmania. Well, well, I, 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 I'm a, a, a terrible Taswegian in that uh, I, I spend too much time at the laptop. Anyway, where should we start this week?
1: Well, let's start with the world of podcasting. As we mentioned, there's some new data out this week.
0: Yeah, this one is really interesting. So for a long time now, the IAB, the Internet Advertising Bureau, although I I think they've just officially shortened it to IAB, keep track of spending patterns across pretty much any form of digital media. And for the first time in 2022, they also started including um, spending on streaming, including podcasting. So those numbers for 2022 came out this morning actually. Um now this is it's really interesting. Now I think um I think we can probably rely on the number. It's been produced for the IAB by the consultancy PWC, and because it's got the cooperation of Commercial Radio Australia, which is the sort of industry body for the radio networks, that includes um the the kind of two key companies in the podcast market in australia southern cross austereo which owns listener and arn which operates iheart radio and iheart podcasts um so they're in a position to actually know what um what is genuinely being spent because that money is actually going going through those members um and the thing which has surprised me a bit is although it's fast growing, the number for podcasting alone in 2022 was only, and I say only in sort of quote marks, 82.5 million. Um, because there's an awful lot of investment going on, particularly from Southern Cross Australia with listener, but also with um with with with, with ARN as well. Um, into developing that podcast segment, so yeah, I I don't know what number I was expecting. I, I suppose it was you know that number makes sense, but yeah, just their question is is um, how, how where do we go from here? How does that number become something really significant? You know, as significant as radio, for instance,
1: with only so much so many listeners in the pie, so many ears available. Do you think podcasting as a medium is can 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 the networks monetize it to the level that they'll need to?
0: Well, look, one of the things which um you know, we we, we you know, we do see is the 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 monthly podcast ranker, which one of those things it, it it shares is the number of downloads um being delivered um and also the the number of people it's reaching, and those are decent numbers. You know, so there there is an argument that at the moment podcasting is under monetized, you know, because I, I think the really hard thing for salespeople, particularly when it's a sort of sponsorship play rather than necessarily a kind of mass networked kind of programmatic type play, is how do you help the advertiser understand the value that that ad landing in the ears of a podcast listener who's really into that podcast and is really listening to that podcast, um, you know, that the, there must be an intrinsic value to that ad, particularly when it's a, a, you know, it's a kind of live read or a voiceover from the host of the podcast. Um, but how do you factor that into the mix that that's actually worth paying a lot more for? Um, and I get the feeling that, you know, in, in the U S where the, industry is just a little bit more mature that sort of is being achieved um whereas here we're still at the the early stages of it so i yeah i i just that 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 remains the tricky thing for me is i just have an instinct that you know a podcast listener doesn't or shouldn't just count double for an advertiser you know i wouldn't be surprised if the impact is 10x or 100x versus an ad untargeted on the radio
1: next yet another hbo lifeline for foxtel it's the output deal that just won't die tim foxtel looks set to extend its deal for hbo content again what's the development here Yeah, this
0: one is certainly the the gossip in the industry. I I picked up some rumblings of that on, I think, Friday, that we were about to see another extension of that crucial HBO deal um, which Foxtel Group enjoys and which really powers the growth of its entertainment streaming service, Binge. Um, Look, I think my favourite HBO show is probably Succession, I was sorry to hear the fourth season will be the last. Um, although, you know, I'm sort of relieved at the same time that, that it will probably go out on a high before the quality falls away, which can be when seasons go for too long. But also the company behind things like White Lotus and um, House of the Dragon and before that Game of Thrones. Now, this is all about politics um, company politics really in the US, where Warner Brothers Discovery has not been that happy a merger, really, not least because the company is so debt ridden. So it's been cutting a lot of costs. And I think this sort of original plan to launch uh, an offering in Australia, because it, you know, does have global ambitions, has, if not faded, gone on to the back burner yet again. So it hasn't been the first time that there there, there has been a short-term extension to this deal. Um, we don't quite know the terms of this one, but um, probably the, the, the most informed piece I've read, and there, there's a couple of quite well-informed pieces, is the one in The Australian today from James Madden, the media editor. And obviously, Australian is part of the News Corp stable, so would hopefully have an inside track with... Um, Foxtel Group, which is also part of that family, um, suggests it could go through until 2025, which you know, I mean, it's used the language multi-year, but obviously 2025 is only two years away. Um, But that sort of feels like by that time a lot could have changed, including owner, uh, A, in the US, ownership of Warner Brothers Discovery, but B, by then Foxtel may have had a chance to get its long-awaited float away for Foxtel Group, and it really needs those binge numbers to stay up for that. So I suspect it's it, it's a big expensive deal, you know, by the sands of it. Um, Stan, owned by Nine, was also chasing for it. The execs from um, Warner Brothers Discovery were in Australia a few months back. So I would imagine that Foxtel has paid top dollar for it, um, but, you know... maybe that's that's worth paying for just just because it's so strategically important to the company.
1: And still with TV, The Australian has an update, or or rather a lack of an update, on the Logies today. What's the big mystery?
0: Yeah, there is a little bit of a mystery. Um, Pointed out, um, sticking with The Australian actually, this is in The Australian's uh, media diary, and they point out that it's only four months to go until the next Logies, which uh, you might remember um have actually moved across to um 7 um after a long long time with 9 um, we still don't know where they're going to be now they, they 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 had a a 3 year stay um at the gold coast um and that has um come to an end now um so yeah the question is which states will choose to pay up to get the Logies to come? Because, of course, um, you know, one of the challenges is it's an expensive production for the broadcaster. So um, some of that money that um, the states then sort of put up helps fund them flying in all of the talent and the hair and makeup and, you know, all of the stuff that kind of goes on behind the scenes to make it such a kind of glamorous event. Um so I think, um, yeah, I think it will be uh, be an interesting one or whether we see a kind of more low-key Logies um, depending on uh, on what sort of deal gets done.
1: Well, hey, they're always welcome to come to Tasmania, although I'm not sure the Tassie government would put up. There's a massive uh, massive uh, problem at the moment with the AFL team and building an AFL stadium, so I'm not sure they'd put up for the Logies, team.
0: Well, I, I suppose the thing with the Tasmanian government is... I. I <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to get too much into Tasmanian politics because it might be a bit might be a bit niche for our audience. But it feels to me right now that the AFL are rinsing the Tasmanian government for every dollar they can squeeze out of them to to build a brand new stadium that's probably not really needed in Hobart, just to finally get us our team. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that, 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 that's probably something of a side issue, but yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I guess Tasmania is, has always been a buyer of, um, magic beans when, when we go into the market to, uh, sell the family cows. So maybe, um, yeah, maybe the Logies can sell us some magic beans.
1: Let's move away from political content. Um, <laughs> back to something a little bit safer, still with TV, and the lobbying is gearing up over streaming quotas. Well, it's kind of political, isn't it? But the TV networks don't want it. What's going on there?
0: Yeah, so again, and yeah, and I, I seem to be, my, my agenda seems to be driven today quite a lot by um, the Australians' media section, more than usual, actually. Um, and again, this is one which is, has been covered in a few places. Um, the Australians are reporting it as pushback or stiff pushback Uh, for the government over its plans to impose Australian content obligations on the streaming platforms. So this is the idea that um, uh, any of the streaming platforms who want to operate in Australia will be expected to spend a certain proportion of their revenue on creating local content. Now, what's really worrying the TV networks about this is you know, it's a relatively small production sector for for television in Australia. And if suddenly there's all this extra money pouring in from overseas, that potentially is going, and demand, that potentially is going to drive up prices for the existing players as well. So having uh, sometimes, well, often argued about the unfairness of there being an uneven playing field with there already being content quotas for um the existing players. And um Kerry Stokes, the the owner or the proprietor of seven, went as far as arguing for quotas. Um, now that the penny has dropped that this could be bad news for them too, the networks are are, are now arguing and lobbying quite hard against it. So I noticed for instance when um uh, Mike Sleesby, the um CEO of Nine uh, gave his results presentation to the market a few days back. He went out of his way to include some prepared remarks about how bad this might be for the sector. So um, so there's definitely that lobbying going on. and And for me, this is going to be a fascinating test for the resolve of the Labour government when it comes to setting media policy. Because on the one hand, you've got a lot of very... Um, professional, intense lobbying going on from the TV industry. And, of course, what you don't have is the counterbalance of um, the argument for the public interest. You know, is this in the public interest or not, not business interest? Um, and I think this is always the challenge when it comes to sit- setting media policy, is sometimes the interest of ordinary Australians isn't represented in the room. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the Labour government balanced that one out or, or whether, as usually happens with any media minister of any stripe, they cave in
1: to what the big media players want in the end. Up next, what we learned in results season. Um, made. We're now pretty much at the end of the financial results season. Tim, your overall thoughts?
0: Yeah, Um no shocks everybody is expecting a tough time of it um you know that's that that, that's definitely the case i don't think any of the media company bosses gave guidance to the market for what their next set of results would look like which pre-covid was the norm that people would, would, would would do this certainly certainly quarter by quarter, sometimes half by half and even year by year. So that, you know, we, we, we're definitely in the short term period. Um, there is that sense that I think we've all got of nobody quite knows what the economy is going to do. But of course for media, you know, any downturn is always worse for media because advertising is one of those things, which is very easy to cut from a business's budget. So I don't think anybody is expecting a better year than we've just had. Um so I think that sort of bounce back from COVID is well and truly done. Um, but, yeah, I think everyone's a bit afraid to say they are worked, but I think a few of them are ex- are still expecting the potential of maybe a recession, and if not a full recession for the economy, certainly an advertising recession.
1: Okay, so just one quick thought from each, Tim. Nine.
0: Nine. Um, first one where... Mike Sneesby, the CEO, really seemed to hit his stride on the investor calls. I think this was his fourth or possibly fifth half-year update since uh, taking command. Um, to be honest, he's getting better at hiding the cards in his hand. So we, learn, um, we maybe learn a little bit less than previously on what he's really thinking about things like Stan. Um, but that's probably in the interests of the shareholders.
1: How about Seven, Seven West Media?
0: Yeah, a- again, expecting a chill. Um, very much trying to position itself as a national rather than metro uh broadcaster when it comes to the 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 main TV network, to the extent that they're trying to get away without even sharing with their investors what their metro advertising share was and going for a national number instead, which um not sure if they'll get away with that one or not. Um, but going going as well as anyone might expect.
1: Omedia, the big outdoor company.
0: So the thing about that is I was thinking, I don't invest in media stocks. One day I might, and I'll disclose it when I do. But the thing I found myself thinking about Omedia is the one CEO who I would put my money with is Cath O'Connor. She just comes across as quietly competent. Um, there's still some growth to be had in outdoor because it had a very um, bad COVID when people weren't mobile. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is an organisation that's still got a lot of upside.
1: HT&E, the operators of ARN?
0: Yeah, this has really been cleaned up in recent years from this sort of messy conglomerate newspaper interests and outdoor interests and, of course, radio interests. Um, the barnacles are being knocked off the ship. Uh One of the final steps is the sale of their their stake in a software company called Soprano. So when that goes through, I think in March, it just had the Foreign Investment Review um Board permission came through on Friday, I noticed. Then HT&E will be almost pure play audio with a couple of small exceptions. Um and all and pretty much debt free that makes it a major chip in any merger and acquisition talks
1: and lastly s c a
0: yeah look a company when you look at the year on year numbers, all good um the growth story is all about listener, but when you look at the story of the last decade or just over a decade, pretty much every year, um revenues and profits have fallen in that first half, so um, it, it, you know it's a company which um has got its debt levels under control compared to five or six years ago but at the same time it's looking for its next story well that's it for today we'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media that's letters at unmade.media.
1: Tim, will be back tomorrow in your inboxes with Choose Data. And don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. And, Tim, all the best with Remade on Thursday this week. It's set to be a big one. There are still some tickets left if you haven't got yours and you're in Sydney on Thursday afternoon.
0: Thank you very much for the best wishes, Abe. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pet.
1: Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.